Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay, we've just been annihilated by a cat again. Oh my god, they have like hair all over me. And somebody asked us if we would read the Polar Bear Express. What is it called? It's like a club. Club, the Polar Bear Express Club. And you know what? I think that we're going to look for it and put it on our list for um, December. Because it sounds like a Christmassy Christmas book series to me. Let's look up what it is. Okay, the polar bear. Okay, get your feet out of my face, club. All right. The Polar Bear Express Club. Is it like a series of books or just one? Well, I'm expecting a Oh, it's just one, I think. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yes, we will. Oh, it's six. One of six books. And it has tons of stars. Cool. And it's 8 to 12. Yes, we will. I'm going to screenshot this. And, um, yeah, I'm going to look that up because I think that's really cool. Thank you for the recommendation. I've never heard of that. And, yeah, cool. And the name, there's no name, but the name of the person who requested this is The Dancer. So, yes, The Dancer. I think that's a really good idea. Cool. You like that idea? Yeah, we don't have, we actually, like, our favorite time of year is Halloween. Well, I can't speak for you, Peyton. My favorite time of Halloween. So, I'm like, I have, we have, like, 10 spooky books that we're going to be reading. But, like, I think we can roll right into Christmas in November, huh? Because, like, November 1st, Christmas season. I know that there are people that say, Thanksgiving! But, like, we want to put a Christmas tree up and start shopping for products. Yeah, my favorite is Christmas. Me too. It's and Christmas and, um, what's it called? Um, Easter? No, it's like where you have to wear a green all day. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Those are your two favorites. Mine are Halloween number one and then Christmas number two. Stop rubbing your butt on the fish tank. I know, these, kids, these cats are like honestly insane sorry you guys we just put them in here and they're just like still new in here a series of unfortunate events by lemonade snicket book the eighth the hostile hospital or as peyton likes to say the hostile hospital and just so you guys know these cats are like viciously rubbing on you because they're so sweet but they literally have rubbed my eyebrow off (laughs) look can you see Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, just one though not both that's nice don't worry they look even Thanks. She's not. She's lying to make me feel better. No, they look even because Banks rubbed a little bit of the elbow. Oh, good. Oh, he rubbed a little bit of the elbow. Perfect. Okay. All right. Well, I have no but eyebrows. this one has more. Yeah. I know. I literally felt it. Don't make eye contact. He'll come over here. <laughs> Chapter six. <laughs> this sorry. is not a tale of Lemony Snicket. It uses... it. It is useless to tell the story of Snicket because it happened so very long ago and because there is nothing anybody can do about it in a way that has turned out so the only reason I could possibly have for jotting down the margins on this page would be to make the book look more unpleasant, unnerving, and unbelievable than it already is. 
This is a story about Violet, Klaus, and Sunny Baudelaire and how they are discovered Oh, how they discovered something in the library of records at Heimlich Hospital that changed their lives forever and still give me heebie-jeebies whenever I am alone at night. Stop! But if I were this book... Oh, is he going to do the stop thing again? But if I were... If this were a book about me, instead of about three children who would run into someone that they hoped to see again, it might, it might pause for a moment. Okay, gosh dang it, this cat keeps walking in front of the book. And tell you about something I did many years ago that still troubles me. It was it was a necessary thing to do, but it was not a nice thing to do. And now I get a small quiver of shame every time when I remember it. I might be doing something I enjoy, walking along the the promenade. Ow, the prom promenade deck of a ship. I don't know what that word is. Or looking through telescope at the aurora borealis or wandering into a bookstore placing my books on the highest place on the shelf so that no one will be no one will be tempted to buy them and read them hey i used to do that when i would go to target i'd be like i can't afford this today so i'm gonna hide it so yeah, that next week i can go back and guess what mm-hmm. not once did i ever go back because i never remembered <laughs> i would always like hide a toy yeah never get a toy. i know because like then you're not gonna remember Right? No, because you, you really Yeah. Oh, okay. When I suddenly remember this thing I did and I think to myself, what is, was that really necessary? Was yes. it absolutely necessary to steal that sugar bowl from Esme Squalor? Yes. Oh my God, this guy is so funny. Um, the Baudelaire orphans were experiencing similar quivers this afternoon as they finished up the day's work in the library of records. Every time Violet put a file in this proper place, she would feel her hair ribbon in her pocket and get a quiver in her stomach as she thought about what her, her and her siblings were up to. Klaus would take a stack of papers from the basket and in front, in front of the deposit chute, it, but instead of placing the paper clips in a small bowl, he would keep them hidden in his hands, feeling a quiver in his stomach as he thought about the trick that he and his sister were going to play. And whenever Hal turned his back on Klaus and passed the paper clips to Sunny, the youngest Baudelaire felt a quiver in her stomach as though she thought the sneaky way, uh, uh, thought of the sneaky way that they were going to return to the library records at night. And by the time Hal was locked up, Locking up the file cabinets for the day with his long loop of keys. The Baudelaire children had enough quivers in their stomachs to attend the Quivery Stomach Festival. If there had been this kind of, there had been one in this kind of area that afternoon. It is absolutely necessary to do so, Violet murmured to Klaus as the three children followed Howell to the back of the library in the anteroom. As she took her ribbon out of her pocket and smoothed it out, making sure it didn't have any tangles, it's not a nice thing to do. I know Kla is, I know Klaus, oh, oh my gosh, look, I thought that was supposed to be a word. It's like a misprint in the book. I know Klaus answered, holding his hand out to Sunny so that she can back, she can hand back the paper clips. I have a quiver in my stomach just thinking about it, but it's the only way that we can get our hands on that file. Olaf, Sunny said grimly. She meant before Manhattan gets his hand, oh, Mattathias gets his hand on us, and as soon as she finished that sentence, Mattathias's scratchy voice came over the intercom. Attention, attention, the voice said, and Hal and the Baudelaire's looked up at the square. This is Mattathias, the new head, the new head of human resources. Inspections are over today, or are over today, but they will continue tomorrow. What nonsense, Hal muttered, putting the loop of keys 
down the table and the Baudelaire's looked at one another and then at the keys at Mattith- and as Mattathias continued his announcements. Also, the speaker said, if anyone in the hospital has any valuable, anything valuable of any kind, please bring them to the human resources office for safekeeping. Thank you. My eyeglasses are somewhat valuable, he said, taking them off, but I'm not going to bring them to human resources office. I'm not even ever going to see them again. <laughs> oh my God. These- okay, now I have both of the cats on me. This is very hard to focus. Oh, I never see them again. That's probably true, Violet said, shaking her head at Mattathias's audacious audacity, a word here that means attempting to steal valuables from employee hospitals. I mean, hospital employees, in addition to snatching the Baudelaire fortune. Besides, Hal said, smiling at the children and reaching for his coat. Nobody is going to steal anything from me. You three are the only people I see in the hospital, and I trust you absolutely. Now, where should I put my keys? Oh, now where did I put my keys? Here they are, Violet said, and the quiver in her stomach got worse. She held up her hair ribbon, which had been which had been tied around in a circle to look like the loop of string. Hanging from the ribbon was a long row of paper clips, which Sunny had fashioned into different shapes with her teeth when Hal wasn't looking. As the result looked something like Hal's loop of keys, the way a horse looks like something like a cow or a woman in a green dress or something like a pine tree but there was no way anyone could look at Vi- would look at violet's hair ribbon full of chewed up paper clips and think it was a key of ring, ring of keys unless of course their eyesight was not what it used to be the three children waited as Hal squinted at what violet was holding those are my keys Hal said doubtfully i thought i put them on the table oh no klaus said Klaus said quickly, standing in front of the table so that Hal wouldn't catch a glimpse of the real keys. Violet has them. Here, Violet said. Oh, here, Violet said, moving them back to back and forth so that it would be even harder to squint at them. Why don't you put them in your coat pocket for you? Oh, thank you, Hal said as Violet dropped them into his overcoat pocket. He looked at the Baudelaire's, his tiny eyes shining with gratitude. And that's another way you three have helped me. My eyesight isn't what it used to be, you know, and I am glad that I can rely on good volunteers. Well, good night, children. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, Hal, Klaus replied. We're just going to have one little last piece of fruit in the anteroom. Don't spoil your dinner, Hal said. It's supposed to be a very cold evening, so I bet your parents have cooked up a nice hot meal. Hal smiled and shut the door behind him, leaving the children alone with the real keys. Can you imagine living off of fruit? Never like any meat or anything, Peyton. Peyton's a carnivore, so she would not, could not imagine. She could not, would not. Um, the Library of Records. Okay, wait, hold on. I just cut off a sentence. Um, don't uh, alone with the real keys to the Library of Records and the quivery f- filling still their stomachs. Someday, Violet said quietly, we'll apologize to Hal for playing a trick on him and explain why we had to break the rules. This wasn't a nice thing to do, even if it was necessary. And we'll return the last chance we'll return to the last chance general store class said and explain to the shopkeeper why we had to run away. Twisp, Sonny said firmly, which meant but not until we get a hold of the file, solve these mysteries, and prove our innocence. You're right, Sonny, Violet said with a sigh. Let's get started. Klaus, see if you can find the right keys to the library door. 
Klaus nodded and carried Hal's keys back over to the door. Not too long ago, when the Baudelaire's had just been staying with Aunt Josephine by the, of the, by the shores of Lake Lacrimose, Klaus had been in a situation in which he had to ma- match up the keys to a lock to every door very, very quickly. And since he had been quite good at it, And since then, he had been quite good at it. He looked at the lock of the door, which had a very short and narrow keyhole, and then he looked at the loop of strings, loop of string, which had one very short, narrow key in it, and in no time at all, the children were entering the library of records, looking down the dim aisles of the file cabinet. I'm going to lock the door behind us, Klaus said, so that nobody will get suspicious. And if they happen to walk into the anteroom like Mattathias, Violet said with a shudder, on the intercom... On the intercom, he said that they were stopping but the stopping the inspections for the day, but I bet he's really still looking. Vapey, Sunny said, which meant, then let's hurry. Let's start with, an, with the S aisle, Violet said, for Snicket. Right, Klaus said, locking the door with a rattle. The three children found the S aisle and began walking past the file cabinets, reading the labels on them to figure out which one to open. Sauce Two saxifrage, Klaus, Klaus read out loud. This means anything that falls alphabetically in between these words, the word sauce and the word saxifrage, which will be in this cabinet. That will be fine if we wanted a sawmill file or a sauna file, Violet said. Let's move on. The children moved on and their footsteps echoing off the low ceiling in the room. Scarab to scavenger, Klaus said, reading one further down the aisle. And Sunny and Violet shook their heads, and the Baudelaire's kept moving. Secretary to sediment, Violet read. Still not here. Calm, Sunny said, which meant, I can't read very well, but I think this one says sequel to serenity. You're right, Sunny, Klaus said, smiling. It's the wrong one. Shed to sheepshank. Sheepshank? What the heck? Violet read. Shellac to sherbert, Klaus read, walking further down the aisle. Shipwreck to shrimp. Sicily to sideways. Skylight to slob. Sludge to smoke. Snack to snifter, snowball to sober, sonnet to spackle. Wait, Klaus cried, back up. Snicket is between snack and sniffer. You're right, Violet said, stepping back to find the right cabinet. I was so distracted by all of the strange file names that I forgot what we were looking for. Here it is, snack to sniffer. Let's hope that the file that we're looking for is in here. Klaus looked for the lock on the cabinet and found the right key on Hal's hoop only on the third try. It should be on the bottom drawer, Klaus said. Closer to Sniffer. Let's look. The Baudelaire's looked at the Sniffer. Looked. Looked. A Sniffer is a tidy. Is a. Oh my gosh. A Sniffer is a. What are they doing? Oh my god. These cats are insane. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Making me lose my mind. Um, uh, a sniffer is a type, a snifter is a type of glass usually meant for holding brandy. And although it is a term for a long strand of a long, strong wind, plenty of words close are close to snifter in the alphabet. And the children found many of them. There was a file on sniffing, which seems, seemed to have many photographs of noses and there is a file on snell's law which states that a ray of light passing from one uniform to a medium medium to another produces an identical ratio between the the sign of an angle of an, of an incidence and the sign of an angle of a refraction which klaus is already which klaus already knew there was a file on the inventor 
of the sneaker whom Violet admitted admired very much, and one on snicking, which was something Sunny had done many times with her teeth. Snicking? Oh my gosh. But there was not a single scrap of paper marked Snicket. The children sighed in disappointment to, and shut the drawer of the file cabinet so that Klaus could lock it again. Let's try J for Jacques, Violet suggested. Shush, Sonny said. No, Sonny, Klaus said. I don't think I don't think H is a good aisle. Uh, is blah, 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 blah. I don't think H is good as a good bet. Why would Hal have to find it under H? Shush, Sunny insisted, pointing to the doors. Her sibling instantly knew that she misunderstood her. Usually when Sunny says shush, she means something along the lines of, I think the H in aisle might be a good place for the file, but this time she meant be quiet. I think I heard someone walking in the anteroom of the library records. Sure enough, when the Baudelaire's listened closely, they could hear clomping of some odd teetering footsteps as if somebody were walking on a very thin stilts. The footsteps drew closer and closer and then stopped as the three children held their breath and the door of the library library rattled and someone tried to open the door maybe it's Hal. Val violet whispered trying to unlock the door of the paper clip maybe it's mattathias klaus whispered looking for us janitor sunny whispered well whoever it is violet said we'd better hurry hurry to the j aisle the baudelaire's tiptoed across the low ceilings ceiling room to the j aisle and walked down it quickly reading the labels of the file cabinets jabberwocky to jackal Jacket to jack-o'-lanterns. Nursey, that's it, Klaus said. Jacques will be in jackline to jacutinga. Oh my gosh. Well, we hope, Violet said. As the door rattled again, Klaus hurried to find the right key and the children opened the top of the drawer to look for Jacques. And Violet knew jackline is kind of a rope that they use for sailing and that Klaus knew that jacalinga is a sort of gold-bearing iron found in Brazil and that once again there were plenty of files in these two but although there were the children found the informa- found information on jack-o'-lanterns jack russell terriers and jacobean drama there were no files na- marked jock fire klaus whispered and shut the cabinets. Let's head to the F section. And hurry, Violet said. It sounds like a person in the anteloom is picking the lock. It was true. The Baudelaire's paused for a moment and the, and heard a muffled scratching from the door as if somebody something long and thin was being stuck in the keyhole and trying to unlock the lock. Violet knew from from when she and her siblings lived with Uncle Monty that a lockpick can often take a long time to work properly, and even if it's been made by one of the world's greatest inventors. But the children nonetheless moved to the F aisle as their tiptoes could as fast as their tippy toes could carry them. Fabian to fact, fainting to fangs, fatalism to Faulkner, fear to Fermat, ficus to filth, fin to the Cecil wait, fin to Cecil to Fissel. Here it is. Once more, the Baudelaire's hurried to find the proper key and get the proper drawer and the proper file. Thin to sickle is a, is a time in history when the century is drawing close, and fissile is a fancy word for rustling noise, like one that has continued to come from behind the locked door as the children looked frantically for the file. But the papers went right from Finland to Farmet without a single word about fire in between. What do we do? Violet asked as the door began to rile again. What other file could it be on? Try and let me think, Klaus said. What did they what did Hal say about the fire? We know it has to do with Jock Snicket with the end of the fire. Prem, Sunny said. But we looked under Snicket, Jock, and Fire already. There must be something else. 
Poilot said, We have to find this file. It has crucial information about Jacques Snicket and VFD. And about us, Klaus said. Don't forget that. The three children looked at one another. Baudelaire, Sunny whispered. Without another word, the orphans went to the bee aisle and hurried, hurried past the Baudelaire's. Oh, oh my gosh. Hurried past the Babbitt to Babylon, Bacteria to Ballet, and Bamboo to Baskerville, shopping at the Bat bat mitzvah and the bavarian cream as the door continued to fizzle behind them klaus tried nine keys in a row before finally opening the cabinet and there between jewish coming of age ceremony for young women and the delicious filling of certain donuts the children found the folder marked baudelaire it's here klaus said taking it out of the drawer with trembling hands what does it say what does it say violet asked in excitement look klaus there's a note in front of it Read it, Sonny said with a frantic whisper as the door began to shake violently on the hinges. Whoever was on the other side was obviously getting frustrated with that picklock. Klaus held up the file so he could see what the note said in the dim light. All 13 pages of the Snicket file, he read, all have been removed from the library of records of the official investigation. He looked up his sister and he could see that behind his glasses his eyes were filling with tears. That must be when Hal saw our... When Hal saw our picture, he said he removed the file and gave it to official investigators. He dropped the file on the floor and then sat down in despair. There's nothing here. Yes, there is, Violet said. Look. The Baudelaire's looked at the file where Klaus had dropped to the ground. There behind the note was a single sheet of paper. It was page 13, Violet said, looking at the number typed in the corner of the page. Investigators must have left it behind by mistake. That's why you should always keep paper clips to keep paper, use paper clips to keep paper together, Klaus said, even when you're, even when you file them. But does, but what does the page say? With a long crack and a loud bang, the door of the library was knocked off its hinges and fell to the floor of the enormous room as if it had fainted. But the children paid no attention. Violet, Klaus, and Sunny all sat around and looked at page 13 on the file, too amazed to even listen to the odd teetering of the footsteps of the intruders in the room as they began walking walking along the aisles of the file cabinets. Page 13 of the Baudelaire's file was not a crowd a crowded sheet of paper there was just one photograph stapled in place below the sentence but sometimes it only takes a photograph and a sentence to make an author cry himself to sleep even years after the photograph was taken or make three siblings sit and stare at the page for a long time as if the entire book were printed on one sheet of paper there were four people in the photograph ow kitty standing together outside of the Baudelaire's outside of the building the Baudelaire's recognized immediately it was 667 dark avenue where the orphans had lived with ow with no cat jesus christ with jerome and sorry these cats are driving me crazy okay my goodness let me go back a little bit. There were four people in the photograph standing there together outside a building at the Baudelaire that the Baudelaire's recognized immediately. It was 667 Dark Avenue where the orphans had lived with Jerome and Esme Squalor for a brief time until it became another place too treacherous for the children to stay. The first person in the photograph was Jacques Snicket, who was looking at the photographer, photographer smiling. Standing next to Jacques was a man who turned away from the camera so the children could not see his face. Only one of his hands, which was clutched, which clutched a notebook and pen, as if the obscured man 
were a writer of some sort. The children had not seen Jacques Snicket since he was murdered, of course, and there and the writer appeared to be someone that they had never seen at all. But standing next to these two people were the two people that the Baudelaire children thought that they would never see again. Bundled up in long coats, looking cold but happy, were the were their Baudelaire parents. Because of the evidence discussed on this page, on page 9, read the sentence above the photograph, experts now suspect that there may be, in fact, be one survivor of the fire, but the survivor but the survivor's whereabouts are unknown. Peyton. What? So one of the parents might be alive. What the what the what? What? Dun, dun, dun.